Mr. Pop. He claims to be the man that brought Paul Simon to Portsmouth. Paul Simon has never forgiven him for it either. <laughs> this is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Listening skills a bit more tonight. There you go. Let's see how that goes. Let's see. Different. Let's see how How that goes for us all. Let's see how long that lasts. (laughs) And for those of you who've just joined the program, I will answer that question that Brian just asked then at the end of the show. Welcome to Rock and Roll. My name's Kevin Hillier. It is our weekly uh, sojourn into the world of uh, music, to the world of sport, uh, to the world of life in general through the eyes of myself, Brian Mannix, a resident rock star. And Poet Laureate. The quality of mercy be not strained. Thank you. And, of course, our uh, small business owner and uh, deli o- operator of uh, Lenny's Fine Foods in uh, in Caulfield, the one and only Mr Mark Fine. How are we, boys? It's war down here, the deli. <laughs> What's going on, Finey? <laughs> the customers are rolling in, the food's coming in. Gee, there's a lot to do. You're a busy I man now. You, you, I reckon you used to think you were busy when you're in the on the in the media, but you're bloody you're running your little date off these days. I, I have in in the ten weeks since we took over, I have lost ten kilos. Jesus! Wow! Did you see? Imagine. Oh wow! Oh, look at you. Yeah, you are. You look like a spunk. Now listen. You're I also have to point out, Finey. Uh, yep. On the on the basis of last week's program, you may have lost more than ten kilos. You may be losing money hand over fist, mm. because according to Darren and several other people who were doing the maths during the show last week, uh, when I when I mentioned thirty six dollars fifty five and your answer was twenty three dollars forty five, apparently you uh, you ripped yourself off by ten bucks. So I owe you yeah, ten bucks. Uh, and you got you got one of those twelve equations we threw at you last week for the change. You got one wrong, so uh, people are worried that you might be uh, throwing the profits out with some of the uh, you know less uh, honourable and honest customers. It was a very clever way of getting people to come in because they would think, "Hey, we can we can make a bit of a, an, an, you know an earner here." <laughs> <laughs> Reverse psychology. It's like uh, it's like the share market where you know uh, it's like insider trading in the share market. Yeah, that's right. Beautiful. So, how has the week been? I mean, obviously busy, funny. Uh, 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 anything else exciting happening in your life outside the deli, or have you not been outside the deli? Well, I went to the footy for the first time this year. Oh well, wouldn't you have been happy as Larry? Yeah, that was good. I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not an advertisement, right? Yep. I don't know who owns this product. I buy it like anybody else. But you know, when you're in the when you're in this caper, you need good cleaning products. Yeah. And I got there, found this product, you know, because the floor's always scuffed and dirty. I found a product that cleans it. Look, I don't know what goes into the product. I don't care. I don't care if it's made out of human babies, but it works brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> did you get it? Did you get that product from the our man in the two no, guys shop? No, 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 no. It's a proper product. It's called Resolve. I know. I've, I've oh. seen that. It's purple in colour. You dilute it. 
it, it would take it it it'd take tattoos off a convict. I'm telling you, <laughs> it's magnificent. Oh wow! Resolve. All right. So, yeah. is it an all-purpose one or just a floor one? I just use it on the floor and convicts. I use it and on the floor. I just use it on the floor and the teeth. And- <laughs> Uh, you, know the best, you know the best cleaning agent in the world for teeth? Charcoal. Yes. My daughter, when she was knee-high to a grasshopper, when they put a load of charcoal in the yard next door, she went over there with the kids and they got, the kids were playing in the charcoal. Going to the, she was eating it. She came back. All you could see, it's like she was black-faced like, you know, a bad, a bad old um, film, but all you could see, she had the whitest teeth I've ever seen of anyone in my entire life. It's because she'd been eating charcoal all afternoon. Put a little charcoal on her face, made her teeth look well, whiter as that, well. That does do that, but it also, if your teeth aren't white and you and you've got the black face, you can tell easily that they're not white. But these are the whitest teeth I've ever seen in my and life. Another little trick you can do, which my mum taught to me, mm-hmm. is you get some peroxide and put your toothbrush in it, and you brush your teeth and make sure you don't swallow it. Ugh. But you brush your teeth with peroxide, and it really brings them up. But in saying that, I'm going to get my teeth bleached. They're just too. Stained and yellow from red wine and smoking. So I'll, I'll keep you informed about that. There's no, is there any point if you're going to continue to smoke and drink red wine to have your teeth bleached? What kind of motivation to give up smoking would having my teeth bleached be? It'd be very good. So, yeah. no, I'll, I'll, you know, no, no. You know, I think if you've got really white teeth, mm. people don't notice your wrinkles as much. So <laughs> it's I a diversion at, tactic. <laughs> I want them looking at my teeth. It's a diversion tactic. It's exactly that, Kev. Right. And um, so, <laughs> you know, wait till next week on the show. Everybody can listen to my sparkling white teeth. Terrific. We look forward to that. We, we It'll do. It'll be great. Li- It'll be great listening. It almost as good listening as the people who are obviously either trying to take away your plate or um or serve you oh, something or check yeah. if you need a drink or something because you're in a pub. Is I it- am. Can you can you hear the music in the background? I should go out to the smoking lounge where it'll be quiet. No, just well, there'll be no one in the smoking lounge, will there? <coughs> well, it'll be me. Yeah, and that's all you. That's all you need for a party. There you go. <laughs> so we've got which uh, is half my which is half my problem. Yes, it is because. I went to a party on Saturday night. I had four hours sleep and then I kicked on again yesterday and didn't get to bed till seven and I had two hours sleep and so that's why I'm going to be listening more tonight than um, than talking. Well, see, the rock star lifestyle, you're living it, you're living it, but you're not on the Gold Coast this week. You're back in Melbourne doing some, uh, some I am. secret assignment here Tell in me. Melbourne. Oh, okay. So that's we're going right. to tell people what you're doing. Um, <laughs> Sounds better if I I'm say I'm making a movie oh. for the Catholic Church's English teaching online thing. So, so I'm making the promotional video for them. So the, the, the people watching the video will be speaking fluent Brian Mannix? Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're doing an educational video. <laughs> I am. I'm, what? what? Stay well, in school, otherwise look what will happen. No, no. Like, suppose, for instance, Bonnie, you're, you're a priest in Zambia. Oh, right. Right? And you can't speak English. So as a Catholic, we're going to look out for you and we're going to teach you some English. But we can teach you online because COVID, they've got a whole online program. Um, and so I'm making the promotional video for the 
you Catholic priests and from Kenya and Thailand and that learn English here, then you can get a job at the Archdiocese of Melbourne or something. I don't know. There you go. It's not really. The content's not really my problem. It's just the editing and the filming, which is my problem. Right. Okay. All right. Enough about that. <laughs> uh, I still like Finney's take on that. Uh, now, it's been a, oh, it was a <coughs> massive weekend. Uh, let's talk about our sport uh, component first up. <sighs> we saw, amongst other things, the AFLW Grand Final won by Adelaide. The US Masters finished this morning and the world number one uh, golfer won it. Uh, the Aussie Cam Smith finished in <coughs> third spot. Damien Oliver <coughs> won a Group 1 race, which took him to the top of the uh, all-time list of Group 1 winners, making him, uh, I guess, the most successful jockey in Australian horse racing history, if there was ever any doubt about that. It, he's put that to bed by uh, leaping forth with that. Uh, and then we had, all, obviously, all the footy results from the weekend. Finally dined out on the on the Saints' performance. You would have been happy with Essendon just getting home. I was disappointed with the the doggies uh, in many ways. And, of course, then we had that other well-known sport, the uh, 2022 election date uh, announced as May 21st. So all the ducks are uh, are lined up. They're all in a row. What's your sporting highlight of the weekend, Finey? The end of the Grand Prix so the fucking traffic can get back to normal. I'm not kidding. If I we have it, if that's I have the second fuck we've had on the show. We're only five minutes in. We're, we're not going oh as well as we did God. last week with the language. Uh, Sorry, Fine, I interrupted you. No, it's unbearable. Oh, you know, a procession of idiots who live for Ferrari. You know, they, they've got everything. They've got Ferrari T-shirts, Ferrari tracksuit, Ferrari umbrella. Ferrari underpants, <laughs> Ferrari love ticklers. <laughs> of course, I will never have a Ferrari. Yes. <laughs> well, they spent all the money on the merchandise. They can't afford one. Yeah. I mean, what sort of nutcase has a Ferrari key ring and drives a balloona? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of them about. Uh, and there was a heap of them about on the weekend. Uh, so will things now go back to normal by probably, uh, I guess, after Easter before they pull all the bloody barricades down and everything, finally? Well, hopefully. But, you know, hopefully – the state government made some money out of it. Well, they need that's it. That's the only reason you do it, was revenue. And I told them the best way to make money is to put a speed camera down the home straight. <laughs> yeah. They would have got every driver 20 times or have them, you know, they would have got all the, all the other events that they had there, you know, the one with Winter Bottom and Wink Cup, whatever that stupid race is called. Right. The supercars, yep. They would have made a fortune. And there's no way you can appeal it. Like, you know, I was racing I was racing in a Formula One Grand Prix race. But, oh no, sorry. Ignorance <laughs> is no excuse <laughs> to no break excuse. the law. Yes. Uh, I don't no, care you know, they'll get one from Lewis Hamilton and he'll say, Look, I was I was invited here to race. Uh, I'm a Formula One driver. <laughs> If you'd like to appeal your decision, you can do so via the magistrate court system. It will cost you $1,800 to lodge your complaint, what? and your case will be heard in November 2041. <laughs> yes. Uh, so not a fan of the GP and what it, uh, what it brought to the table for the weekend? Oh, well, you know, 
I'm not a, I'm not a motor racing fan. They talk about how much money it brings into the system, and I'm I'm sure there is uh, there's uh, you know a valid a valid uh, economic case for it. But yes, there is a, there's also a valid case for the people who aren't interested in it. But I you know, I'm, I'm a bit bigger picture. I, I'm not a motor racing fan by any stretch of the imagination. But the joy that four hundred nineteen thousand. Uh, people got out of going to that track on the four days of the thing. Tell me that there's something in it, and uh, it's obviously an event that I think we should keep doing. Finding. Oh well, why not? Yeah, we've come this far. We've come this far. You certainly <laughs> don't want Sydney to have it. You wouldn't give it back to Adelaide. No. Actually, I would. I'd, I'd swap the Grand Prix for the um, the V8 supercars in a flash. That Indy 500, the Adelaide 500, whatever it is. That's a really huge event, and I don't know for some reason I like those cars better than Formula One. Okay, yeah, it's a fair, that's a fair call. Formula well, One, sort of. I tell you what, I think about Formula One. They changed the engines, didn't they? And they're not as loud and uh, and and guttural sounding as they used to be. They sound mm. they've got a bit more egg beater about them these days than than um, sort of guttural uh, bone jarring sound. Mm. Bit like yourself, Brian. Well, I've got a guttural, <laughs> bone-sounding sound, and um, it was like Rocky in Rocky Six. He, he was too slow; he couldn't do anything, and the only way he could win was with blunt force trauma. That was the instruction: blunt force trauma was going to be. And this is what's wrong with the Formula Ones: that they've lost their blunt force trauma sound. Yeah, I also uh, I'll, I'll I'll play bad cop here and say I also don't think, and I, I think Daniel Ricciardo is a great talent and a, and looks to be a, a good personality, but the personalities of the drivers has not led them to be uh, great. Um, I don't know pinups for everybody outside of the people who actually love the sport itself. Would you invite any of them to your special dinner party? I don't think so. Maybe Daniel he would because he's fun, but the rest of them are boring as batshit. Yeah, there's no kind of um, Jackie Stewart, James Hunt, um, Ayrton, yeah. Ayrton Senna, sort of Michael Schumacher, Alain Prost, about any of the blokes that are, are running around at the moment that I that I can see and I've no passing interest in it. I mean, when, they, when the cars used to break up into pieces and the drivers used to fly through the air at a million miles an hour, mm. they had a bit of daring about them. But now they're yeah. like Volvo drivers. <laughs> <laughs> I did notice they had the lights on even during the day. Because of yeah. Volvo, you can't turn the lights off. have to explain yeah. my jokes. I'm not, I'm not going to answer that. <laughs> well, what will be inter- I'll tell you what will be – the only thing that will be interesting about F- F1 racing is they're about to do a race in – I think they've approved a race in Vegas – and they're going to run it at night. I'll, I'll be I'll be intrigued to have a look at that. I might watch two laps and go, yeah, well, so. But I will be intrigued to see what they do because I've got a feeling they'll pick that up and it'll be something to something to see. All right, I reckon yeah. it'll be good when they have the Teslas in Formula One, <laughs> and they just they're super fast. But they make no noise whatsoever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little silent F one cousin. I don't know whether that's going to work for anybody somehow. Anyway. And that, that Vegas uh, Grand Prix, Kev, they, um, they're taking a leaf out of Schur and Donna Summer's book. And what will happen is that after every lap, the drivers will change their outfits 
Oh, is that right? <laughs> Come out with this, the silver sequins on after the first lap into the pits and put on your red silver your red sequins. Just right. 47 costume changes. The race is going to go for two days, but it'll be worth it. All right. Footy from the weekend. Uh, wash up at the tips and what happened with that. Let's have a look at it. Uh, uh, Brian, you've disgraced yourself again. Three. Who? Me? Yeah, three. No, the other Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't hear Brian. It sort of – look, I've had six hours sleep in 48 hours. Well, it doesn't affect your bloody days, hearing, right? does it? Yeah, it does actually. It <laughs> seems to. But, um, Jesus. Yeah, anyway, so three. Three. So much for lucky Phil helping me with the tips. Mm. Yeah. yeah, I think you'd be better off without him. Finally, you got five and I got six. So, yeah, so as it stands, finally still well in front. Uh, got that uh, got that great lead in the first two rounds. 23, I'm on 21. Brian, you're on 15. Gee whiz, I'm Dis- shit out already. Disgraceful. And Normally it takes about six weeks before I'm shit out, but they've just gone straight into it this week. Mm. This oh, well, unfortunately for you, Essendon got up this week, so you uh, that, that kind of got your one home there, Melbourne, who we all tip every week. Uh, so that's the standings. We'll uh, do the tips a little later on uh, in the program. But uh, then we'll get to the chart first up before we uh, do anything else. We're heading to 1969. Any any other bits of business before we get to the chart, boys? Oh, well done on this week's chart, mate. Yes. You uh, picked the chart with the most mind-numbingly boring music. But because I had heard of most of it, I had to listen to most of it. Oh, did you? Okay. There's two hours of my life I'll never get back. Oh, well, what a, then some of that would have been a most wonderful journey into a time that, uh, you know, before your uh, sort of musical tastes were formed properly. Yeah. Yeah, my musical balls hadn't dropped. <laughs> yes, correct. Um, and and there's, some, there's some fantastic songs in this chart. There's some absolute rubbish crap. Did, uh, did you email me the chart? Of course I did. And I sent it to you again tonight on the, uh, on the phone. It's March 1969 from the 4BC chart in Brisbane. I like the chart for one one major reason. I'll I'll have to put it up on Facebook and Twitter and that's over and can see it because this chart not only has the the singles, the top 40 singles for March 30, 1969, but it also includes the top 10 in the US, the top 10 in Britain and a list of the top 10 Australian songs plus the 11, 20 men hit picks. Oh, oh, the 11, 20 men hit picks. I tell you, most of them were not on the money whatsoever. Uh, and the 4BC Sure Shot, uh, which was the real thing by Russell Morris, which was obviously very good. But uh, no, it's good. There's some really good stuff on this chat. I have, I've agonising over my number three um, in the good. I've got one and two nailed, but number three, I've got five or six or seven vying for that all important number three spot. Well, this sounds exciting, Ken. All right, um, well, I'll do. I'll do. I the, can't wait to see what will make you all important. I know you will. Spot. So here's the top ten. The top ten were: "Where Do You Go to My Lovely" by Peter Sarsted was number ten. "Fox on the Run" by Manfred Mann was number nine. Number eight was "Something's Happening" by Herman's Hermits. Number seven was "Touch Me" by The Doors. Six was "I Heard It Through the Grapevine" by Marvin Gaye. Five was "Indian Giver" by the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Number four. A double-sided uh, hit, Obla Dee Obla Da, and While My Guitar Gently Weeps by The Beatles. Number three was Edge of Reality by Elvis. Number two was Monsieur de Pont by Sandy Shaw. And number one was Crimson and Clover by Tommy James and the Shondells. 
I actually had no idea that was a number one song anywhere in this country, but it was number one in Brisbane. And uh, this uh, chart includes a couple of Brisbane songs by Brisbane artists, which is kind of unusual and, and kind of cute in a way. Um, Johnny Blanchfield had the number 26 song with Reach for the Sun and uh, the Avengers had the number 18 song with Listen, Listen. So a couple of locals filtering in there. Now, Brian. Well, let's make sure that doesn't happen again. <laughs> well, you'd know. Surely you'd know John Blanchfield as a pro- I do know John Blanchfield. Yeah, yeah John's a good fella. He's a nice fella. New He's Johnny, uh, New Johnny managed Bondo Rock for many years. Yeah, he did nearly too. Ma- that's right. Nearly, nearly managed the X-Men. And didn't because you had a difference of oh, opinion well, in? We, no, we were going to leave um, Premier and go to Dirty Pool with um, John Blanchfield because we were sick of waiting to get a record deal. Yeah. And then so as we went to the meeting with John, and we were like, this is all going to happen. And then John, because he's an honourable man, rang our manager at the time and told him what was afoot. So our manager went to get in. She said, mate, we're losing them. We've lost them. They're gone. He said, they want a record deal. And, you know, obviously we would have got Frank Stavala in. And said, no, nah, they're making good money for us. So they lie. So, that, so he gave us a pretty crappy record deal and away we went. So, ah. But, yeah, it was, it was kind of the leverage that John Blanchfield gave us with Dirty Pool. And, um, yeah, so, yeah, thank you, John Blanchfield. There you go. Had a couple of big hits in uh, in Brisbane, did John, and then came down to Melbourne, obviously, and uh, in that early part of the – I think early to mid-'70s, he came down to um, to Melbourne and uh, started working in artist management and got out of the kind of um, making records himself. He had a really good song called Son of a Simple Man, which was I think was about Ned Kelly from memory, which was mm. a bit of a hit. I didn't, I didn't realise he was a singer. Oh, yeah. He had – he did a – I'll tell you what he did do. He did a really good cover version of Somebody to Love. You know the Jefferson Starship, Jefferson Airplane song? Jefferson Airplane song. No idea what you're talking about, Keith. Right. Somebody to Love. You don't know Somebody to Love. <laughs> somebody to Love. No, no, not the, not the, not the Queen song. Mm. When the truth is found and you've been – he did a really, really good version of that, which I know we played in – was played in Brisbane, but um, – yeah, he uh, no, he was he was he was quite the pop star in Brisbane. Was John Blanchfield? Did he did he root around a bit while he was a pop star? I have no idea whatsoever, Brian. I I uh, had a little bit to do with him when I was at on air in Brisbane radio, but I didn't. I don't know what his ma- his uh, bedtime habits were. Perhaps we could make a call and find out. We can find our out. Listeners for you. would be yeah. Maybe we could call some of John's old groupies. Well, we see. could do the same with you, Brian. No, don't bother doing that. <laughs> okay, Brian. I knew I'd, I knew I could get that segment hit on the head really quickly. Uh, I might get a bad review. <laughs> yes, you might. Let's get to the chart. 1969, March 30, finally. Uh, now, I know you spent a lot of time, and we appreciate the time you spent listening to these songs because you didn't uh, didn't know them when you were growing up because you weren't. How old were you in 69, Fonny? Four. Okay. Why weren't you listening to the bloody radio in 69, Fonny? What were you doing? You're sitting around. It's funny. Thumb up your ass or something. We have no memory of when you were four, but I should have been out buying footy cards because they're worth a lot nowadays. (laughs) Yeah, what were you doing? Sitting in the corner sucking your thumb. For God's sake, Finey. Lift your game. All right, what do you got for me? Number three, good and bad uh, in your listenings today. All right, this is a very awkward thing to do, but my number three, which one do you want, good or bad? Well, give me the bad because I think that's going to – is that the awkward one? It's awkward because it's the same song. Right. Oh, 
Number three, good and bad. Yeah. How does that work? Oh. Because I think, because I really believe one of the Beatles' worst songs is Obla D, Obla Da. Mm. I don't disagree. Uh, yeah. I, just, I think, it's, a, I think it's, it's something that I would have expected a far lesser band to come up with, to be honest. Yeah, I agree. I, I, I agree. And yet, but on the other side, yeah. this double-sided single is the great while my guitar gently weeps. Yes. So I've got them bad and good. Yeah. There you go, Beatles. That's you a, made both lists. Uh, I don't think that's ever happened before. There's a first for the program. The same. Uh, the same uh, forty-five. And on yep. one side is a good song, and on the other side is a piece of obla dubla da. Is just a, a, a an awful song. It sounds like a, a, a song that the scaffold or someone would have done. Yeah, I mean, it just belonged to a much lesser band, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Totally agree. Good good call, Mr. Fine. And, and also, really, the Beatles, you know, they took us some, to some terrific places with their lyrics and, you know, Magical Mr. Tour. But I really don't give a shit about Desmond and his trolley. <laughs> he yeah, can just, yeah. You know, where are you taking me? Oh, do you take me down to the local fish market and Desmond and his stupid trolley? Piss off, Desmond. We don't care. And, and Molly, she can piss off too. She's no good. Molly was the singer in the band, wasn't she? Well, up until a while, then McCartney sacked her and um, replaced her with Petula Clark. Uh, uh, no, good call, Fanny. Uh, nice call. Right, O'Brien, what do you got for me? You've had a, a quick look over the chart. I've given well, I have had a quick look, and mm. um, I'm going to say my number, uh, my bad one, number three bad, and it's probably, it just annoys me, this song. Dizzy. Number oh. 33, Dizzy by Tommy Rowe. Well, you know, I, I don't want to say anything more than get fucked, Tommy Rowe. <laughs> I mean that in a positive and constructive way. Yep, yep. With love. I mean that with love. Absolutely. Okay. Now, my good one. Yes. Is actually my number three good one. I like this. It's another Tommy. He's number one. It's Tommy James and the Shondells, Crimson and Clover. I love it because it's got tremolo on it, and it, tremolo is that ah, 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 ah effect, which I know it might annoy some people, but when I first got an amplifier, it had tremolo on it. We loved tremolo. And these days, it's pretty hard to get an amplifier that's got tremolo on it. <laughs> um, I have one, but it's very rare. But a bit of tremolo, nobody uses it anymore, but I think Crimson and Clover – was kind of unique because of the tremolo and stuff. And um, I've always enjoyed listening to the song. So um, bad luck anybody who disagrees. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a perfectly fine uh, choice. I, I said I was surprised it was number one. I, I didn't realise. I, I thought he had a couple of number one hits, but I didn't realise Crimson Clover was one of them. He's, must be, he's one of those blokes who everyone, uh, you know, has done a cover version of a Tommy James song in America at some stage for some reason. Never quite work out. My number three bad is Dizzy as well by Tommy Rowe, um, uh, Brian. Uh, oh, awful song. Awful song. Just terrible bubblegum heap of crap. It's just annoying, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Dizzy, I'm so dizzy. My head is spinning. Oh, really? Um, My head is spinning. Yeah. Awful Spin song. Spin off. Spin off, Tommy. Now, I have a number of uh, possibilities for this. The Rascal's great song. I love The Flying Circus. Uh, the Doors Touch Me is a really good song that I like, but I'm going to go with uh, a band that I, I heard, they played, 
at the pub across the road from uh, the service station my mum and dad owned when, when I was, what, 12 or 13 when this was around. Did you have your girl's bike at this point, Kev? No, I'd moved on from the girl's bike. Oh, I just wanted to check. The girl's bike was when we were living in Ipswich. This is when we were living in Strathpine. And they okay. played, this band played at the pub across the road and they did uh, must have a sound check about 2 or 3 o'clock in the afternoon because um, I wouldn't have ever heard them sort of go on at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. But I heard them do the sound check and I thought, they're really good. Who are they? And then I went and found out about them and they were, it was The Groove. Um, uh, Peter Williams was the lead singer of The Groove, uh, terrific front man. And this is uh, really good. Well, I, I think it's a really good song. It's called Relax Me. So um, that's, uh, that's my number three in the, uh, in the good department. Relax me by the groove. That right. song was that song was released in America and it was called Happy Ending. But anyway, it's just a little bit of trivia. Thanks, Brian. Didn't know that. There you no, go. That's right. right. Uh number two, Finey, what have you got for me? Right. Now you're gonna have to remind me of the uh titles of these ones. Yeah. Because I'm off screen of them. Herman and the Hermits, they they were supposed to be the the real rivals to the Beatles and the next big thing and Take the world by storm. I think they started all right. And then they just went downhill. They are like a Gold Coast season. I mean, they are. So, what's the song they've got in this? Because it's a. Something's closer. happening. Something is happening and it's happening to you. Mm. Mm. That's yeah, disturbing. That Thanks, Brian. Yeah. All right. No, no, that's not your fault, Kevin. It's if the you song don't disturbed. have lyrics, don't just stand there going, ay, 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 ay. Yep. Yeah, and didn't impress anybody going to some wig store and, you know, <laughs> buying wig hats and looking like, really, looking like um, there was a little bloke on Benny Hill when he used to put a wig on. Oh, he's a little bald bloke. Poor little fella. Yeah. Yeah. They look stupid, and the song is terrible. It is an awful so, song. You know, that's why they went nowhere. Yep. That's why the Herman, Herman and the Hermits went nowhere. Now, can I just ask like, you a question? Mm. A hermit. What's a hermit? That's a bloke yeah. lives by himself on a little island or something, you know. He's a hermit just by himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, how can you have four hermits yep. in the band? They can't really be hermits because they're all hanging out together. Another reason to hate them. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, righto. So what's your number two good finding? Now, the, the, the only thing about that song, I think it was that song. I watched the film clip. Now, I'm not sure which song it was, but it might have been that one where they've done it to the film clip of, by the Thunderbirds. Um, no, no, it wasn't that. It was somebody else. No. It was... Um, but it's such a good film clip. That film clip by the Thunderbirds, um, it's for a song down the bottom of the charts. Um, down the bottom the of this chart? By the 1910 Fruit Gum Company. Indian so Giver? Ford. Indian Giver. There is a film clip. It, it's just a band done by the Thunderbirds people. It's such a good – it's so good. Oh, it's great watching puppets playing the drums. <laughs> oh, they're, they're terrific. Right, it is good. It's very funny. Anyhow, number two, bad, number two, good. Um, 
It's in the top ten. It's a Motown song. Which one is it? There's, it's one of the classics. It'd be, I heard it through the grapevine, I'm assuming, by Marvin Gaye. Yeah, of course. I mean, that is just a magnificent song. Yes. Uh, that is, that is, well, if, if it, you can't take that song for granted. And, and that must have been something when it came out. I heard it through the grapevine. Beautiful mm. song. Great song. Yep. Couldn't yep. agree more. Couldn't so agree more. Number two good. Yep. All right. Uh, Mr. Mannix, uh, number two good and number two bad. Well, I'm going to agree more than you, Kev, because I think I heard it through the grapevine is the number two choice for good as well. Okay. Um, Marvin Gaye is terrific and uh, didn't get on well with his dad, but, you know, shit. Brian. He still made What? Don't. Didn't his dad shoot him? Da- yes, he did. Well, don't shoot the message, Kev. No, sorry, Brian. I thought, you're gonna do, I thought you were going to do that very, very, very tasteless Marvin Gaye joke that was going I, around. I don't know what the taste was. Good. Marvin. Then we'll Gaye. move on. Then we'll Perhaps move you on. could share it. No, with I will not be. All right. Well, that's disappointing for mm. all our listeners who were really keen to hear I reckon really they already know it. Marvin Gaye. Well, you'll have to tell me off air. All right. Okay. Now, this song, it is the number two bad, and it's a beautiful melody. It's 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 pretty good, but the lyrics get more ridiculous and worse. Oh, finally he's been busted. No, I reckon um, it's you. That's not me. <laughs> um, you know, no. And I, I talked to I talk of um I think it's number ten. Number Peter, ten. Peter, who's that? Peter. Peter Sarsted. Where do you want to, my lovely? It's, it's a beautiful melody, but the lyrics just get stupider and stupider as the song goes on. Yes, I do, how to do, how to do, how to do. <laughs> it's just, you know, I want to look inside your head and, oh, you're off in Paris with the horses and, ah, oh, no, no. <laughs> just go and take another 10 minutes and fix the lyrics. But he couldn't be bothered. No, it's great. How about me? So that's my number two bad. I just think that was a really good opportunity to have a great song and they stuffed it up with really lazy shit lyrics. And his follow-up to that was the very, very, very ordinary Frozen Orange Juice. Do you remember that song? Are you on my frozen orange juice and this fantastic? Is that it? That's the one. Well, that was shit too. Yes. <laughs> Not nearly as interesting a song as uh, Where Do You Go To My Lovely, which was at least interesting because you listened to the lyrics and went, what the bloody hell is this bloke on about? What is this? He had some Harry Chapman drugs or something. No, don't know. start that again. Called in on the session of Taxi and no. had a bit of a bong. Now, he was, he was actually, um, he had an Australian connection, Peter Sarsted, because he's, his brother is Eden Kane, who was a bit of a, Pop star around here, so he had a bit of an Australian connection, did Peter Starstead. Now, Is Peter Starstead uh, touring Australia soon, Kev? Not that know? I'm aware of, no. Um, Is he touring anywhere soon, Kev? Not that I'm aware of, I'm pretty sure. Touch wood. Well, let's hope he's rewriting the lyrics. Here comes the rock and roll, uh, rock and roll curse again. I think he's mm. passed away, but I'm not 100% sure. But did we kill him I, or he just died well, of natural causes? I, I think it was natural causes, but I stand to be corrected. Anyway. Now, my number two good is not I Heard It Through the Grapevine because I will say this. In 1969, I was 13 years of age. I didn't get I Heard It Through the Grapevine then. I didn't think it was such a great song. In hindsight now, yes, it's a a magnificent song. 
He sings he sings the art of the song. It's just great. But at the time, as a 13-year-old, nah, was probably a little bit deep and probably a little bit too good for my unsophisticated pop palate. Yeah, you can only enjoy what you enjoy. Correct. So hence, it's not my number two good. Uh, my number two good is actually Build Me Up Buttercup by The Foundations. Wow. Because I just love that song. And uh, my mother loved it and uh, it was one of those songs. Come on the radio and mum and I look at each other and go, dun, 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 dun. so it, it brings, it's got some very happy memories for me, that song. So that's why it's my number two good. And my number two bad, you got to go all the way down to number 39 on this chart and find a thing by a bloke called Raymond Froggett. And the song is called Rolly, and it's about Rolly's getting married. Well, I'll tell you what, Rolly's – I don't reckon Rolly would have had much of a honeymoon because Rolly is a dud, as big a dud <laughs> as you will find, and as it, it, there would be no actual uh, excitement, particularly of any sexual variety, if you had Rolly being performed. Based on that performance, Rolly wouldn't have got in the sack with the missus on wedding night, I can tell you that. He'd lie there like a starfish. He would be even worse than that. He would be <laughs> non-compass mendus and uh, judging by the the tenure of the song, he'd be uh, pissed as a cricket and uh, lying on the floor like a dead starfish. Well, maybe he's got some marijuana in that rolling. That's could, the whole problem. Could be anything in there, but that is one god-awful song, I can tell you. Righto. Let's get to uh, the number one bad and good and good from Mr Fine who has Obladee Obladah and, uh, by the Beatles and something's happening in his bad pile. Your good is, While My Guitar Gently Weeps by the Beatles at number three. Number two, I heard it through the grapevine. What tops that? Come on, come on now, touch me, babe. Yeah. Oh, great song. Part of their pair. I was sensual, sexual, but I am not afraid. What was that promise that you made? Mm. And I'm going to love you. Yeah, just good, great, great simple lyrics sung by a musical genius stroke, in that case, at the height of his powers, which means he was soon to die, all very interesting. <laughs> very interesting stuff. Yep. All right, now the number, now the bad pole. We go to the bad pole now. It's all blah, 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 That all adds up to a hit in mind. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, Touch Me is a great song. Great you song. See, I've got a great song. I, I, re, I researched this man and I came up with a great story about it. Little-known folk singer. Little-known folk singer. The late John Isherwood, who was, yeah, little-known folk singer, John Isherwood. Whose brother Thomas Isherwood said at his funeral in 2002, I can't say I always agreed with my brother, especially when he released his single, The Cucumber Song, <laughs> um, but song called Old Time Movies, where he doesn't sing about it, he just sings old time movies over and over. Old time movies. I'll time movies, I'll time movies, I'll time, I don't know why you'd say that 40 times in a song. Mm. But I researched John Isherwood, and it's great. He was from Portsmouth. And there was this article that said in 1970, despite the failure of the Portsmouth Pop Festival the previous year, John Isherwood is going on with plans for a polk festival. That is folk, folk pop folk combination. He said that he believes his festival will have broad appeal. It will run for three three days, include acts like the much-loved 
draft Appleseed and others. There'll be sword swallowers, a sideshow of entertainment, and we're currently working on a headline act that is either Jose Feliciano mm. or um, Frankie of what is his name, Ifield. Frank Frankie Ifield. <laughs> well, he didn't get Feliciano. Pardon? Frank Ifield. What was Ifield? Yeah, yeah, Frank well, Ifield. He's, he was the Australian yodeler. Yeah, well, he didn't get him. But he did get the draft apple seeds. Oh, so yeah. then there was an article two weeks later, and the article read, Easterwood appalled by local apathy. <laughs> John Easterwood has said he will never again promote a music festival in Portsmouth. Quote, I did all I could. Every pub and tavern within 40 miles of this town received the promotional material. I put up hundreds of posters and gave away 500 free tickets, making the total three-day attendance of 30 very disappointing. <laughs> I don't care that I lost the th – this is true. I don't care that I lost a 1,000 pounds. I'm embarrassed for great acts like the draft apple seeds. <laughs> Helen Tumley and William Popple <laughs> having to play in front of such massive crowds. Oh, uh, God. And then the final paragraph is the best. Yep. Mr. Isherwood said he wasn't bitter, but his final words was, the people of Portsmouth can go back to television and bingo because I'll be <laughs> stuffed if I ever put on a music show here again. <laughs> uh, 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 do you do you reckon, uh, I reckon, good old John Isherwood. Well, I love John Isherwood, but I think his problem was that he got the wrong sword swallowing act. Um, yeah, you know, people, no. people are pretty fussy about their and sword goes, swallows. He said this, he goes, he goes, the problem with people around here is that they're cheap and they're not, not, not willing to put their hands in their pocket. I had 15 headline acts that would have packed them out in taverns all around England and all for under a pound a head. <laughs> it didn't even cost a pound. <laughs> I can't so believe it. gave away 500 free uh, tickets. And only 30 people lobbed up after 500 free tickets. That's really disgraceful. Yeah. And and how many, <laughs> how many bands has he got on the bill? It's cost him a 1,000 pound, pound for like 15 bands and the sword swallowers. Gee whiz. Yes. Well, he himself he himself was performing, of course, with his partner Nelson 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 or something. <laughs> he is, you know, he claims to be the man that brought Paul Simon to Portsmouth. Oh God. Paul Simon. Paul Simon has never forgiven him for it either. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kev. Good God. Uh, he must have worked as a taxi What's this guy's name again, Fanny? John Isherwood. John Isherwood. Why, maybe we can get him on Life of Brian and talk to him about the Port Maybe he can because he died 20 years ago. Yeah, that's going to be difficult, Brian. Well, the, he's apparently he's been dead for 20 years. Apparently he's more interesting now than he was back in the day. Well, you may have heard uh, Finey mention that uh, some of uh, what Finey uh, was talking about there was a, a eulogy at his <laughs> funeral. <laughs> and his brother's shitbagging him at his funeral. Yeah. Jeez, it must have been a horrible human being. <laughs> well, well, he wrote the cucumber song, well. which apparently was full of the cucumber song. You'd be surprised to know was full of double entendres and innuendo. Oh, oh. well, that's where the cucumber goes, isn't it? 
Are you familiar with the song? I want to be. No, I'm not familiar with the cucumber song, I have to admit. Uh, it, it suggests a couple of places one can stow, <laughs> stow, stow a cucumber. And where would those places be? Fine. Perhaps you could elaborate for us. Doncaster and uh, Malvern. But Southampton, the nearby city of Southampton. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. All right, medics, uh, give us your number uh, number one. And now let's uh, let's go. You want to go bad or good first? Um, well, bad. Okay. I don't know a lot of these songs. I haven't put the time in it as I should have. Which but, fine he um, has. But no, number three is yeah. Dizzy. <laughs> number two is Where Do You Go To My Lovely by Peter Sarstead. And your number one bad is? Well, I think I'm going to look at um, – I don't know. I'm just going to pick one here, and Kev, you can tell me whether it's any good or not. Um, I think this sounds terrible. Boom, bang, a bang by Anne Hawker. Anne Hawker. Is, she, is that any good? That's Anne and Johnny Hawker. Well, you... I can take that. I can take that one up. Go on. Is that funny? Yep. Boom, bang, a bang was a single by Lulu. Yes. No. But obviously the Australian music importers were too cheap to pay for the rights, so they got Anne Hawker to sing it. Well, I wish Anne well. She's a top bird. And, um, you know, uh, it's just I don't know that this is a good song. Anne, and, Anne and Johnny did the Australian version of Cinderella Rockefeller and uh, this was pre-record band, so the, I don't know why there was a cover version of a Lulu song done, but, yeah, she did do the local cover version of it and... Um, it's not a great song by any stretch of the imagination, no matter who sings it. So I've done well there by picking that. I think you've pulled one out of your clacker there, Brian. Well, it's because of the cucumber song. Exactly. Okay. <laughs> well, do you, do, you know, do you know in that song that Anne Hawker sings, which bodily organ goes boom, bang, a bang? I would love to find out. <laughs> <laughs> Is it the cucumber falling out? You're talking about... She's talking about the irregular nature of her heartbeat when she's in love. Correct. Well, if her heart's going boom, bang, a bang, she wants to get to the hospital and she's got a, you know, a, a heart palpitation going on. It's not right. Yeah, yeah. she's it, no Glenn Hawker. No. All right. Now, you're number one uh, in the good to follow Crimson and Clover by Tommy James and the Shondells, and I heard it through the grapevine by Marvin Gaye. Your number one from March 1969 is? Well, I reckon I, I was playing in a band called The Clints, and just imagine the poster for that outside. Yeah, I know. Well, I got the, it. Yeah, okay. We were a country and Elvis band. Yes. And um, – and, they made me sing this song, and oh, really? And I sang it. I went, wow, this song is really good. And I sing it really well. And it's number three. It's the great Elvis Presley, and it's Edge of Reality. It's sort of like Elvis goes psychedelic. And um, it's just really dramatic. And um, I walk, oh, hang on, what did you say? Um, He's on the brink of madness at yeah. one point. Yeah, the, the brink, brink of madness of mad and the edge of reality. Oh, look, my heart goes out to him, but if you have 120 different pills every day, <laughs> of course you're on the brink of madness. Yeah. No, it wasn't a bad but, song, that. Oh, it's a beauty. I yeah. love it. I, I really think it's a beauty. And um, so well done, Elvis Presley. You're better than half the shit you recorded, but um, well done. Yep, yep. No, that I wasn't a bad it. song. It wasn't a bad song. All right. I walk alone in land, darling. Dark shadow, follow me. Oh, he's, he's just 
Wow. It's you'll have you'll have 20 people in that smoking section of that pub shortly uh, clapping, waiting, and uh, doing requests. I'll be going, do burning love. Do burning well, love, Brian. We've already got a bigger crowd than Tom Ishwood did at the Portsmouth <laughs> Cucumber Festival. <laughs> you can do your version of old-time movies. That would go down a treat, Brian. Oh, uh, well, treat. straight after the cucumber, so I might do a medley. Righto. Uh, well, you can put both of them in the same place. My number one bad, <laughs> to follow Dizzy and uh, and Rolly, <coughs> my number one bad is uh, – now, this bloke actually did some very good songs and wrote some very poignant lyrics in his time. Mm-hmm. And uh, and did some melodic things that uh, that were quite groundbreaking. He was seen a bit as the kind of English Bob Dylan by a lot of people, but this song, even though I think melodically and the tune is not that bad, the punsing about with the lyrics about Atlantis by Donovan is just my. It's like stop drinking your own bloody bathwater. And uh, and move on, champ, because that is just from the man who bought us Goo Goo Barabba Jackal, um, a very deep and meaningful song about the Atlantis. And he talks most of it as it goes through, and it's really quite bloody boring. What's he trying to prove, Kev? So, Donovan, uh, you make it to my number one bad. My number one good is an Aussie band. Um, I liked them a lot. I thought they did a lot of really good songs. This song, to me, still stands up today. Uh, the bloke who the two blokes who wrote it wrote a lot of really good Australian uh, hit songs. Uh, one of them had the great success overseas uh, with the, a few songs as well. This was a song they recorded. They went to England. They won the Hoadley's National Battle of the Sounds. Went to England, didn't make it, so they came back um, and did. This is was kind of like the last song that that they did before they went off and formed another band after this. But Ronnie Charles sings it who's still around Melbourne, still uh, performing and still uh, sounding great. Um, Brian Cadd and Don Moody wrote it, and it is the group, and it is a song called Such a Lovely Way, and it is a ripper. So that's my number one good to go with Relax Me and uh, Build Me Up Buttercup. All right. So there you go. There's March uh, 1969. I want to throw a challenge out. We haven't done done a 90s chart. What What did they win? The Hoadley's National Battle of the Sounds. Which gave them a gig at Portsmouth Cucumber Festival <laughs> and they played to 30 people and no one liked them. You said they won some Battle of the Band. What was it? Yeah, it was a na- there was a national competition that Hoadley's you the – You said the group won like some Hoadley's – how did that go? The Hoadley's uh, National Battle of the Sounds? Yeah, they'd send them off to England and then got to go broke. Did they have to sing into the polywaffle? No, no. <laughs> uh, yes, that would have been an interesting, uh, interesting way to do it. No, there's a lot well, of bands. One, I'll, I'll move it around. Is that better? Is that, that better? Yeah, that's better. There you go. Ah, oh, it's there great. Go. Is that I think uh, the Twilights won it one year. Um, I'm trying to think who else won it. Um, and went to Little uh, he- Little Heroes won it. Yeah, the Hoadleys next. The Little Heroes. Yeah, I don't think they send them off to England to go broke. By the stage that live, they won it um, over a band called Buana that came third. But um, did the Easy Beats win one of them? No, I think the Easy Beats had gone before Hoadley's. The Twilights, oh. Oh, I remember the Twilights winning it, and I think they might have even won the first one. It was about 66 or 67, something like that. Um, yeah. And then I, I don't think the Groove won it. The group certainly won it. I'm, I'm pretty sure the Masters won it and went to okay. went to England on the back of that. Um 
I don't think Thorpey won one. Uh, yeah, there was, was – and you're right, Brian. They they got a boat to – Procession might have won it as well. They went to England on a boat, um, went over there and lost all their money and all came back. Well, it's was, it was kind of like there was – I don't think they were set up. You said, oh, you've won, get on the boat and go. Yeah, you won a trip. You didn't You didn't win a recording contract or any no, of that sort of or stuff. No, management in England. It was just like, get over there, see how you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was most unfortunate, but anyway. All right, boys, let's get to our footy tips to finish oh. off uh, this edition of Rock and Roll. And as we mentioned, current standings, Brian's on 15, I'm on 21, and finally he's well in front on 23 as we head into the big Easter round where we have games right. on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Oh, hang on, that's every week. Um, so let's start with the Thursday night game, which will be at the Gabba, and the wounded Brisbane Lions will take on the wounded Collingwood both coming off losses uh, last week. Ryan Mannix, no help well, this week. You're on your no, own. No, Lucky Phil's got COVID. I've given it to him, so he's he's out of business and he was no help last week. Um, so I'm going to go for – I think it's at the Gabba, so I'm going to look at the uh, Brisbane Lions. I think they are probably a little bit better than uh, Collingwood. Yeah, I think they are a little bit better than Collingwood, and I'll go with them as well at the Gabba, and that's the major reason. Finey, what's your thoughts on this one? Gabba Twark, watch out Collingwood, you're going to get a spanking. Okay, uh, Friday, a couple of games for Good Friday. The one here in uh, Melbourne at Marvel Stadium is North Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs. Going to go for my doggies again. Uh, they were disappointing. They need to kick straight. They need to do a few other things uh, a little bit than they did, but uh, I think they'll beat North Melbourne who uh, tried really hard against the Swans but just couldn't get home. Brian? Um, yeah, I, I'm going for the dogs. I think um, North Melbourne suffers from a problem a bit like Essendon and probably other teams. They don't know how to win. They've got the process but they don't know how to win. And um, for that reason, the dogs who are frustrated because they're not winning, um, I think will easily take care of North Melbourne. Okay. Finally, do you reckon North don't know how to win or just not good enough to win? Would you like an easier question? Oh, are you asking me who's going to win that game? Yes. It's a ridiculous question. I mean, Bulldogs will win the game and why it's been – it shouldn't be being played either. On Good it's Friday? Terrible choice of teams. Yeah, terrible. Who would you have playing on Good they Friday? Should, they should play the game. Pardon? Who would you have played on Good Friday? The Saints and the Demons <laughs> in a battle of heaven and hell. That is <laughs> That is brilliant. That is very good. That is very good. Uh, yeah, I like it a lot. All right, West Coast Eagles play the Sydney Swans. This is in Perth on Friday night at uh, 7.40. Um, I'm actually going to go for the Swans. I'm not convinced about the Eagles after last week. Uh, Brian? The Sinners versus I'm, the with you, Kev, I'm going for the Swans because they, some boys just seem to love them. <laughs> Right, <laughs> even in Perth, they love them. We got we got Billy Graham guesting uh, as Mark Fine uh, doing the uh, holy and that thing. Who do you like, the Eagles or the Swans, Finey? Eagles are going to welcome back some good players. Uh, I'm going to go for the Eagles at home. Okay, now you might be saying Franklin, remember? Uh, yes, yeah, he, he did his pinky. Did he do his finger or something? It's a finger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Somebody punched him in the nose. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, now, Saturday uh, afternoon, one forty-five at Marvel Stadium, your mighty Saints after last week will take on the uh, giant-killing Gold Coast Suns. I'm going to uh, start off here. I'll go for St Kilda. Brian? Oh, look, I live in the Gold Coast nearly. 
Um, but now I heard the Saints were really good. I didn't see the game, but I heard they were really, really good. And where is it at? Is it at the Gold Mar- Coast or nah, down here? Marvel. Nah, nah, I think we'll go for um, Finey's Boys. Yep. And I'm writing down Finey's Boys for Finey. That would be uh, how you would like me to write down on this piece of paper. Yeah. Don't you think that Max King's looking a bit like Borat at the moment? Yes, he's a bit. Uh, mind you, I reckon uh, Luke Beveridge is looking a bit like Chopper Reed too with that moustache. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, also on Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon in Adelaide, uh, Adelaide Crows will take on Richmond. Are the Tigers back in town, Finey? Yep. Yeah, they were very good. Very good player, Cy Bolton. Oh, I like him. Yeah, he is. I'll be tipping the Tigers. I'll be taking the Tigers as well. What about you, Brian? The Crows or the Tigers? I'm just interested when Finey says they were very good. It sort of almost says, like, you have very nice voice. <laughs> um, but, um, no, I think, uh, look, I don't know. The Tigers are wrecking my footy tips. Um, they're rubbish, but they go good enough to win. Um, so, look, we'll, we'll jump on the Tigers, but, you know. Now, I don't even know if I have to ask anybody who you're tipping in the Melbourne and GWS Giants game at the MCG Saturday night at 7.25. Is there anybody not thinking Melbourne will win this comfortably? Um, Brian? Look, you know, I'm a bit behind here. And, yeah, look, stuff it. I'll go for the Giants. (sighs) Now, hang on. Hang on. You're not a bit behind. The term is... Intellectually challenged. <laughs> right. <laughs> Particularly after that tip. Goodness me. Well, it sounded like madness last week when finding picked Gold Coast over Carlton, and he was right. So I think next week there might be apologies all around from you boys when the, my mighty giants <laughs> defeat <laughs> whoever they're playing off again. Melbourne? Oh, yeah, Melbourne have got no chance. They're, they're, um, they're cooked. Okay, the bubble burst at Carlton will take on Sunday afternoon at the MCG at 140. They will take on Port Adelaide, who are lower than a snake's belly. Uh, your thoughts, Brian? Um, sorry, uh, Kev, uh, my daughter just was rudely... Casey, me. shush. Casey, shush, she said. Sorry, Kev. Sorry, Thanks, Kev, Casey. she said. Sorry. She's about, what was the question, Kev? Carlton or Port Adelaide, Brian? I mean, sorry. Oh, Port Shit. I don't know. How can a team go from being good to shit so quickly? Mm, good question. Yeah, so, no, um, Carlton will bounce back after last week. Okay. Uh, I'm tipping an upset here. I think Port will beat Carlton. Uh, I hope they do. They're, they're going to win a game sometime, and I I don't know. I reckon it might be now. I know, they, I know they're at the lowest of the low, but so are the Eagles last week when they knocked over Collingwood. Um, and it's at the G, and I think Carlton, yeah, just – yeah, might be, might be due for it. Mr. Fine? Only team without a win, Port Adelaide. Mm. We'll never stop, 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 because we're pox, pox, pox. <laughs> um, maybe I'll shut up that cocky for a cox or whatever. He's, what's his name? Cock, cox, something? You're calling what you like. David Cockhead. <laughs> uh, just not yeah. the head, just he's David Cockhead. He's cock. full of advice for every... When they're winning, he's full of advice for every other club and every other president. Haven't heard him so much at the moment. Um, very quiet. I'll go for Carlton. Right up. Uh, Essendon take on Frio. This is a Marvel Stadium Sunday afternoon at 4.40. Brian, the Bombers, what's the story? What's the report? What can you tell us? 
What a disappointing, miserable win they had um, on last weekend. You know, that was pathetic. They could have lost that game. And they just, they don't know how to win. Um, but Frio over here, they're pretty dreadful as well. I'm going to pick my boys to win. But I tell you what, they cannot win by more than 16 points. They are, they just don't know how to win. So okay. Bombers by about 11. So 11 Eight. points, okay. No, make it five. Five points. Right, but they are very, very disappointing, the Bombers. Okay. Yeah, they are, but I still think they'll beat Frio. Uh, Finey? Yeah, oh, actually, hard going to tip this one. Yeah, it um, is. Let's think. Fremantle wear purple, Essendon wear red and black. If you're wearing purple, will it clash with red and black? Black equals purple <laughs> minus red. Oh, yeah, Fremantle will win. Frio, okay. Well, I love the yeah. system. Yeah, he's, he's, he's thinking this yeah, out. Yeah, it's a colour. It's colour. Yeah, it, he's thinking this in the – he's got a Torben's thing going on in his head. Uh, uh, Haynes yeah, paint's yeah, going on I his mean, head. Trust Finey's tips? Sure can. <laughs> Thanks, Rolf. Uh, let's get to the last game, which is the Monday game. The Hawks take on the Cats, the MCG, Monday afternoon. Big uh, big uh, rivalry here between these two over the years. Been built up beautifully. Uh, I'll pick the Cats because I don't think the Hawks are that good. Who are you going for, Brian? Um, well, common sense says you go for the Cats. Um, I'm just wondering whether their tired legs are starting to come into play yet. Probably a bit early, so yeah, we'll stick with the cats. Cats, they got the extra. They played Friday night, and they don't play till Monday, so they got a couple of extra days off. Yeah, but they're old. Yeah, okay. What's the what's the colour combination working here for you, Finey? Or, is, or you got a different theory on this one? Well, I, I, I can describe Hawthorne's effort against St Kilda in either one word or two words. Which one do you want? Or you can you can each choose one if you want. I'll Which have the two want? word version, please. They were shit house. Brian, the one-word well, version, they were shit out. <laughs> All right. And um, they did do the support to Crowded House at the uh, My Music Bowl on Saturday night. And shit house were uh, – they, they were, yeah. They so lived up to their reputation. They were shit house. Yep. Yeah. And then I had some Hawthorne supporter in front of me. Start to give me a history lesson. What has your mob done in 150 years? I said, excuse me, teacher, can we do some current affairs? I'm sick of history. What's the fucking score? <laughs> uh, good to see you're enjoying the anonymity of being, uh, you know, just another face in the crowd at the football. Oh, yeah, I got, I got pegged by a couple of people. Finally, you should be back on radio. <laughs> Don't you I love that? I said, I, I, I'm quite happy with what I'm doing. And they said, what are you doing? I said, abusing the bloke sitting next to you there. Shut up. <laughs> it's a great career move, that one. <laughs> <laughs> I can go back to being a proper footy supporter, but you're not allowed to anymore. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, geez, it's very sedate, isn't it, these days? Yeah, yeah. So I said, you know, how does it feel? You must feel sick, play because we had seven Indigenous players. I said, you must feel ill playing a team with seven Indigenous players, a cob like yours. That's it. We're calling the attendance. You're being racist. I said, no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm being anti-racist. I said, I can barely sit amongst you people. Horrible. 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 <laughs> wow. Jesus, you're better than anything going on at the comedy festival, I can tell you. 
That would have been oh, something else. That would have been they something They said, if else. we're so racist, why is Jayeth playing? Because <laughs> he's not indigenous. <laughs> wow. Don't let the facts get in the way of the story, boys. <laughs> no, look, I mean, you know, Cyril came out. Yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting. I know you've long held a theory I'm not tipping off on no way. No, I wouldn't have thought so. The cat's for you. All right. Uh, which brings us to the end of another rock and roll, boys. Thank you so much. It's been it's been fun. God, I'm glad I don't sit next to you at the football finding. Gee whiz. Oh, yeah, many people have said that. It gives me a lot of leg room. <laughs> uh, have a lovely week at Lenny's Fine Foods in uh, Caulfield. Uh, I hope our business continues to roll on in through the front door. And by the way, I just got the numbers in. Up yours, John Isherwood. We've got 37 listeners. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, uh, good on you, Fonny. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you, Brian. Uh, Thanks, Kev. Continue uh, being the rock star that you are. Yeah, I might have a little rest tonight, but okay. All good. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. <laughs>